welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of St. Martin of Tours. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who are glorified in the Bishop St. Martin, both by his life and death. Make new, we pray, the wonders of your grace in our hearts, that neither death nor life may separate us from your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus. Remind your people that it is their duty to be obedient to the officials and representatives of the government, to be ready to do good at every opportunity, not to go slandering other people or picking quarrels, but to be courteous and always polite to all kinds of people. Remember there was a time when we too were ignorant, disobedient and misled and enslaved by different passions and luxuries, We lived then in wickedness and ill-will, hating each other and hateful ourselves. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour for mankind were revealed, it was not because he was concerned with any righteous actions we might have done ourselves, it was for no reason except his own compassion that he saved us, by means of the cleansing water of rebirth and by renewing us with the Holy Spirit, which he has so generously poured over us through Jesus Christ our Saviour. He did this so that we should be justified by his grace to become heirs looking forward to inheriting eternal life. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me along the right path, he is true to his name. If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your staff, with these you give me comfort. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil. 
my cup is overflowing. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. In the Lord's own house shall I dwell, forever and ever. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Alleluia, alleluia. For all things give thanks to God, because this is what he expects of you in Christ Jesus. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one of the villages, ten lepers came to meet him. They stood some way off and called to him, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, as they were going away, they were cleansed. Finding himself cured, one of them turned back, praising God at the top of his voice and threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. This made Jesus say, Were not all ten made clean? The other nine, where are they? It seems that no one has come back to give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to the man, Stand up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So here we go, ten lepers approach Jesus and cry out, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. Well, to understand the significance of this event, I think it's important to know something about the theme of leprosy in the scriptures. In fact, it comes up surprisingly often. And there are intricate instructions in the law of Moses about how to diagnose leprosy, what to do with lepers, and how to declare lepers clean. And what's interesting is that the fate of lepers... It was basically a kind of living death. Listen to what it says in the book of Leviticus. A leper must wear his clothing torn and his hair disordered. He must shield his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. As long as the disease lasts, he must be unclean. And therefore, he must live apart. He must live outside the camp. So the whole point about this law, right, is that the leper is obliged to warn oncomers of his presence by shouting from a distance, and he needed to be identifiable at a distance by his ragged clothes and his messy hair. No one must be in the position of accidentally brushing up against one of the lepers or speaking to one by mistake. I don't know, maybe in this uh, post-COVID era we've got a little bit more sympathy for these lepers because, um, you know... You ever sneezed when you're in line at the supermarket and have everyone turn around and look at you because clearly you've put all of their lives in danger simply by existing. But there's a certain boldness about these 10 um, because instead of crying out, unclean, unclean, they call out to the Lord and say, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. Now, clearly they see Christ not merely as some passerby, but as someone who can help and maybe even heal them. And so the Lord Jesus gives the instruction to the lepers that they're to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, that might seem a little strange to us at first glance. 
I mean, for us, it would make more sense if Jesus said, go show yourself to the doctors. Well, in the first place, it was one of the roles of the priests to inspect lepers, to diagnose them, and to declare them either clean or unclean on the basis of that inspection. Now, I think this adds another kind of level to the problem of leprosy here, that we're not simply talking about something which is a physical affliction, but this disease now starts to represent something deeper, such that now perhaps we can start to see ourselves in these lepers, even though we don't suffer from the disease leprosy. Because here's the thing. Leprosy constituted a kind of living death, not simply because of the physical ailment, but because of the impact that it had on the way in which lepers could live their lives. Because they were expelled from the community, they had to live as if they were already dead, separated from their family and from their friends. But more than that, because they were declared ritually unclean, they could no longer participate in the religious life of the community. They couldn't go to the synagogue. They couldn't go to the temple. Now, how do they live out their friendship with God? Leprosy then starts to speak to us of something that's fairly common to all of us as fallen human beings, that our uncleanness touches the relationship that we have with God, the relationship that we have with each other, and also the relationship that we have to ourselves, because the condition itself is a kind of living death. Bits die and start falling off. And I think the fact of showing oneself to the priest shows that we're not simply talking about a medical question here. So the ten are instructed to submit themselves to this inspection, and thus doing what the book of Leviticus prescribes for those who are cleansed of leprosy. But there's an interesting remark from Jesus when the grateful leper returns to give thanks. He says, your faith has saved you. Now, notice that he doesn't say your faith has healed you, but rather that it has saved you. And it's here that we see a rather interesting shift. Because the ten came to him looking for healing, and all ten found healing. But it's the one who returns to give thanks who is drawn into something deeper. You see, this is the one who is brought into relationship with Jesus. He kneels, praises God, and gives thanks. He has faith. And this faith isn't just mere healing, it's salvation. It's not restoration to the way things were before, you know, getting back your old life. But it's now an opening to the fullness of life in God through Jesus. Now, for us, this bit is essential. The gospel is not to be found in the self-help section of the bookshop. It's not simply about healing or improving our present condition. Yes, the teachings of Christ help us to order our lives in such a way to make them flourish, but that's not the point of the gospel. The point is to be brought into relationship with God, to be brought to praise and thanksgiving. I think we forget this fact, especially in schools and church agencies and stuff. We imagine that the gospel is merely about creating a better world, caring for the poor and teaching us to live in harmony. And yes, the Lord's come to heal our leprosies, but it's faith which saves. 
It's the lived relationship of praise and thanksgiving which brings salvation. Nine lepers walk away from Jesus, content with the favour that he did for them, restoring them to health. But they kept walking. They returned to the life that they had before the leprosy. It's only the Samaritan who was changed so as to be truly saved. And that was the fact of having been drawn into relationship with God through Jesus. That Christ for him now isn't merely a wonder worker or has a great program for social change. He's God and he needs to be worshipped and thanked. Now, I think it's easy for us to turn to the nine lepers and think, oh, well, you blokes are just a bit ungrateful. Um, But I think it's more than that. What happens in this moment is that Jesus reveals to us what he truly desires for us. Not simply from us, but for us. This is what he longs for, that we would be drawn into new relationship with him. Because remember how we said earlier on that, that leprosy was a kind of living death, that it interrupted the relationships that we had with our families and friends, with the community, with ourselves, uh, and also with God. It seems that the nine, they get the first two, you know, the healing within themselves and healing with family and friends, but but... But what's truly left unresolved is the fact that they're still not in communion with God, who is the source of life. And so they still kind of live a living death. They haven't been saved because they haven't found faith. And this is what Jesus wants for us finally. Not simply a bodily healing or a social healing, but a true spiritual healing a reconnection with God, the source of life. So, in a rather curious twist, by the end of the story, everyone got what they wanted. Nine of them wanted healing. And when they got it, that was enough, and they kept walking. But for one, healing was not enough. He wanted friendship. And so he returns and comes to Christ's side. That friendship is faith, and that friendship is salvation. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts, with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.